Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. We are live today, actually on LinkedIn and YouTube, I believe also on Twitter. So welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners podcast. Again, Array Law, we exist to help law firms grow their business through digital marketing. So if you or any other managing partner you know needs that kind of help, please reach out to us. Check out ArrayLaw.com. Today, we're here to learn about Aaron and his law firm and his business. So Aaron, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Kevin. I know we had a lot of fun technically right before this. Yeah. This intro. Thank you for having me. Yeah, everyone tuning in. We uh, we had some technical issues, so uh, we must applaud Aaron on his willingness to persist and uh, get through it. So I uh, appreciate it. I'm actually, we're talking through my cell phone, but we're also on here, so it's, it's working out. So if anyone has any audio issues, please comment and let us know if you can't hear us. <laughs> so uh, Aaron, I appreciate that, man. And so let's jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your journey, and where you got to where you are today. Sure. And thanks again for hosting me. It's fantastic to be on your show. I really appreciate it. No problem. My journey is fairly straightforward. Went to law school right after college, went to NYU and NYU. Uh, started my career for eight years at big firms, one very large New York international firm for a few years, and then one large firm in New Jersey. Uh, so about eight years. And then in 2010, which was a very bizarre time to start a law firm, I launched A.Y. Strauss. We're about 11 years old now. First five, six years just had a very, very discreet focus in commercial real estate, which is really all I knew how to do from working in big firms. It's still all I, I do today myself. But about five years ago, we decided to transition to more of a full service platform. And we're still in the middle of that journey, moving from a boutique firm to more of a full service firm. And we're in the earlier stages of that. But essentially, we have a few main practice areas. I like to believe we're a very strong culture. A lot of our clients are growing. It's an exciting time to be in professional services. The demand is high. And we really like the place we occupy in the market, which is sort of bringing in very large institutional caliber attorneys and then pairing them with our up and coming clients who sort of are searching for that Goldilocks firm, not too hot, not too cold. And <laughs> every day that keeps us busy and uh, drives us forward. I love that. And it's not anything normal. I think it's amazing what you've done. So, and I, the, uh, the Goldilocks <laughs> reference, the Goldilocks firm, uh, not too hot, not too cold. That's, that's cool. I never heard that before. So I like that. So how long have you actually been in business as a firm? We started 2010, so 2010. we're about 11 and a half years old and different stages along the way. It feels like business is short time and longer time depending on what you're targeting but it's been about 11 years and change yeah okay yeah i mean straight after the the housing crisis and and all that so and being in commercial real estate so yep. uh, interesting time to start i'm sure but honestly i started my my business this this business really like 2009 ish so around the same time honestly mm -hmm. and you know i feel like and people i've interviewed a lot of great managing partners that started 2020 you know early 2020 like yeah this is gonna be great and then <laughs> You know, not having a clue what's yeah. coming. And so, uh, you know, and they're, they're come on the other side. They're still in business. And I think they probably learned a lot of lessons that will probably prepare them to be that much more sustainable and, and have good growth. And if they can deal with those issues right up front, then you know, they'll probably get through a lot more. So 
I agree. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, uh, you said you're in high demand and what are some of the ways you get clients? So, you know, and then as you have other, you know, other lawyers there, how, how are you filling your pipeline? What do you, what do you want to get sure. new, new clients? It's a classic conundrum of every professional service business. We do a whole mix of activity. A lot of it comes down to really just relationship building, you know, things that you're just trying to listen to your clients, listen to your contacts and trying to introduce them to one another. You're really trying trying to take a long-term view, never sort of aggressively pushing a sale necessarily, but really listening. And in, in real estate, it's pretty easy. Everyone just needs either deals or capital. So if you can try to make some introductions along that that road, you'll have success because people will think of you as uh, somebody who's going to take the time to introduce them. We certainly try to be social on social media. We think that's a game changer for smaller business, um, yep. trying to add value, trying to position ourselves as thought leaders, trying to write and blog and speak and present. And frankly, doing whatever we can to focus on clients we already have, because I really do believe if you really focus on those relationships that you're already working with, invariably, if you do a great job, you're going to get referrals. And the best type of people you want to work with are the friends or contacts or colleagues or the people you're already working with. So start of it, a lot of it is just starting and adding and starting, but but keeping the core focus on just relentless client service. That's the biggest driver of, of growth. Love it. hundred percent. Yeah. You got to put out good work and, and it'll come back to you tenfold. So what was the difference between, I guess, when you, so when you went out on your aim, when you, when you first started, what, what did you, you know, did you have some clients lined up? Did you have some conversations? Like what, did you tiptoe into it or, and just go, I'm going to do this? Or, you know, did you have to just, did you have some kind of deal, some clients that you were, that said, Hey, we're going to follow you wherever you go. It was very scary. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was a senior associate at a big firm when I walked out and a really bad time to do so too. I knew I was always very entrepreneurial. I was good at building relationships and sort of attracting attracting clients to prior firm. I knew I could do it on our own platform, but essentially a lot of the challenge is not necessarily bringing in the work. It's being able to get the work done and having the team to deliver it and having the systems in place to administer it and the marketing chops to attract more of it. So a lot of it is, well, A, getting the technical legal work done at a high level, recruiting and staffing and hiring to keep up with client demand. And of course, that's crystal ball that no firm has a great grasp on. I was trying to wonder what your pipeline is like. And then the third part is figuring out how to run a business. So these are things people don't teach you in law school. I certainly had no clue when I started. I've come a long way. I like to think I've learned a lot, but I'm certainly very open-minded to be educated on any one of those tracks. But there is a lot of mistake making in those early years. I'll say that generously. I'm in the same boat and I don't think I, I wouldn't have it any other way probably because I don't think I would have learned anything or got to where I'm at. And, and yeah, if I had some of those, if someone would have told, tell me half the stuff I know, I probably wouldn't actually have taken the advice because I would be like, oh, it's just like when anyone tells you anything about anything, you know, okay, cool. That's great. And then you just do it the hard way. And then you're like, oh, wait, I guess I should have done it that way or learn. But you, you kind of, you have to do it yourself, I think, for it to stick, you know? So I'm in the same boat. I was, uh, and you've ever said yes to like a job or a project or whatever. And, and you're thinking in the back of your mind, how am I going to get this done? Yeah. yeah you someone, gotta... uh, someone gave me great advice when I started, which I would always want to give to other people is that, you know, the longer you could be patient over a greater period of time and the more headaches you can endure in the short term, the greater off you'll be. Of 
course, a lot of people don't want to hear it. It looks very glamorous to run a business. People all look very successful, but they don't really appreciate the back end, which is a lot of chaos, which is varying degrees of managing stress levels along the way. So, but you got to, <laughs> yeah. the only way out is through. Yeah, actually it was um, a friend of mine who's been very successful in real estate, actually, that uh, said something the other day, just like a post. They just posted on Facebook, but they were just kind of venting maybe. But I guess they always have people come up to them and say, it must be nice. You know, it's always the, you know, it must be nice, but it's like, well, yeah, but do you understand all the work that's been done and all the stuff you've had to go through to get to where you're at? And so people just discount all that sometimes and and don't really see what it's like. Um, Also, another something I heard is um, recently was you you trade in, you know, 40 hours a week, you know, for 100 hours a week. And to really, you know, it's just so much more work sometimes if you don't do things properly and and manage things properly. Yeah, really yeah. well said. And the second you feel like you got it under control, that's the second you're going down. So as <laughs> yeah. soon as you relax a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of an edge. A little bit of an edge is always healthy in business too. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think every yeah, if you're just like, you know what, this is I think I'm gonna take off today. I got nothing to like you better you better start looking for some problems because there's probably some <laughs> yeah, that's but, a good have, point. but but I do believe mental health is also the main, you know, it has to be a marathon, not a sprint. And you do need to invest in your mental health because really it's about sharpening the saw and making sure that you can show up every day, not only for your clients, but for your team. If you're not able mentally to handle the stress or can't treat yourself with the proper way that you have to treat yourself, you're not going to show up for the people around you that are relying on you. So yeah, there's a little 100%. bit of mix of this and that together in a balanced way. Yeah, there's actually a good friend of mine. Uh, he lives locally here. He owns a couple of businesses, ex-military, and he has a pretty cool program, Bob Bazzini. But really, it's a, he's got a leadership program, and it's really interesting, but it's a mix of a nutrition fitness, mental, you know, mental health types. And, and then the other aspects of what we usually learn as business owners to run your business and manage and all that. But he's like, if you don't take care of yourself and have the right amount of sleep and nutrition and work out, then you can't do any of these other things effectively. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's like that, that seatbelt analogy, you know, get your own <laughs> oxygen tank before you deal with others. Oh yeah. On the plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you got to put yours on first, so then you can help other people. Yeah, good point. So tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of where you've been, which is what we've been kind of talking about, but where you're going. What's the next two to five years look like? Do you have any established goals? Is there sure. you know, another office, uh, a certain amount of attorneys, or is, or more organic? Yeah, it's a great, great question. And we spent a lot of time thinking that through and debating it. And I think firms that don't have a plan, you know, they're, they're going to be in trouble. You really have to have a strategic plan you're focused on. So our strategic plan over the next three years is to try to strategically grow the business. We'd like to grow our headcount. We'd like to try to double our firm as far as headcount. We have some really exciting clients that are looking to do more, and we'd like to be able to grow to service their needs. We have a lot of up-and-coming talent. Frankly, we'd like to allow them to spread their wings and blossom. Excellent. Because we've grown a little bit fast in the last year or two, we probably need to fill in different talent levels at different places and spaces. We need to develop our brand further. And essentially, we're a little bit in this awkward stage between little boutique with one or two practice areas now trying to merge toward trend towards full service. So part of our growth strategy and our strategy generally is to double the footprint of the firm. We, we are doing a lot in other parts of the country. Our firm really is practicing nationally. A lot of our clients have been very, very active in the Southeast. So it'd be great to try to find a couple of attorneys to join us in the Southeast if we can. Uh, but but again, it's about finding the right people that really fit our culture. We want people who you know have a high level of technical ability, but also a high level of integrity. 
and it's hard to find those people who also are ambitious and will adopt to the types of things <laughs> people want to espouse here. But certainly growth is in the cards for us. We Excellent. hope to be able to execute. Great. You're a good fit for the podcast. <laughs> Listen, we'll take all the exposure. We're growing. We will podcast with you every day just to get our message out. So thank you. No, yeah, I appreciate it. No, thanks for coming on share. So uh, that's excellent. And so you knew that. And that's, you know, really good that you can off the top of your head. Like, yeah, we do have a plan. Um, here it is. Boom. Um, because, yeah, if you don't plan, well, what's, what's the saying? Fail to plan, plan to fail. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, some firms I talk to, not so much. They're, like, just happy to be, you know, doing yeah. the work and don't really plan to grow. Or you have a lifestyle business, which is totally fine. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly right. We we definitely are polar opposite of those firms who say, you know, it's always been done this way. <laughs> You know, we're certainly looking towards bettering our collective future as we push ahead and we will make mistakes, but we're going to forge ahead to get where we'd like to. Yeah, no, love it. I, I totally agree with you. We're in the same boat too. It's it's actually the opposite. It's like, okay, it's always been done that way. Then we have to do it a different way, you know, like almost on purpose. And my team doesn't always like all these decisions we make or try to do something crazy. Like, why can't we just do it this way? It's easy. But it's always questioning that, hey, well, why is that the best way? And is it still the best way? And maybe it is at the end of the day, but at least you're you're looking at, is there a better way we can do this? No, there's not. Okay, let's continue to do it that way. Uh, but there might be some other options or something that never existed or something that'll help you stand out as a firm sure. uh, when others are just you know stuck in the same way as they are. So definitely saw a lot of innovation over the last year with COVID and everything, especially in the older firms that have been long established, heavy paper based, not set up for this kind of situation, you know, having to really probably spend a lot of money to convert to a, a virtual company, you know. And so I've, I've talked to some really cool managing partners that are younger companies, younger firms that were like, we are we started this way. Like this is kind of our normal, you know, day-to-day business anyway. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of been interesting to see how that's played out. So, and are you guys uh, back in the office for the most part? We, uh, some of us are, some of us are not. It'll fluctuate depending on the day yeah. and depending on the time, but we just try to accommodate the reality of where we are right now in the world. Yeah. I, I think the main thing is, you know, we, like us, we can serve our clients if I'm at my home or my employees are at their homes or if we're in the office. We love the office aspect. Our culture is super important, like you said. And uh, we felt the office helped build our culture. And so we're, we know we're, we don't want to get away from office completely, sure. but we're definitely hybrid, mostly virtual model. I have, we're probably over 20 some people and we're spread around the, the country really. And you know, we try to get some in-person events once or twice a year. COVID making that challenging, but, but we, you know, that we have an office. There's a, and some people are like, Hey, I want, I want to move from where I'm at to be close to the office so I can be in the office with you guys and yeah. totally up, you know, totally down for that. For and, sure. uh, yeah. Excellent. So, all right, a few more questions and I don't want to take up all your day. Plus we had some technical issues, so that was fun to work through. Um, what are some of, um, you know, the tools you guys use to manage your pipeline? So as you know, and how many partner and uh, attorneys do you guys have? We're 20 and we're 20. we're growing. We're actively pushing that head count now. We have about 20 attorneys today. And then we have hopefully some, some new people joining us as well shortly. Yeah. And that's just attorneys. So what about uh, support staff? Support, about seven support at this point. Okay. We're also looking to increase that as we increase their number of attorneys as well. Building operational excellence as well as technical skill sets is very high on our priority list as well. You need both. Uh, well, that's the thing when you're growing and you got that plan. To, like if your plan is just to grow, there's going to be those other points, break points where operations is going to fall apart. You're going to have to add extra people and, and then start things start to go haywire if you if you don't have a plan for it. So For sure. Yeah, I view it as uh, putting on the second level story of the house right now. You know, we have a great infrastructure for level one and that's fine, but where we want to get to, we have to make certain critical 
investments today, this year, now, this month, this quarter, so that in two or three years we can execute on our business plan. Yes, excellent. Yeah, yeah I like seeing like the PL. You're like, oh, we got some good profit. And then what happened? <laughs> well, we hired, we hired all those people we needed to hire. That's basically oh. it. And attorneys hate that. Attorneys hate all level of risk and they hate anything that affects their ability to be profitable today. But yeah. again, it all goes back to being patient over the long haul and knowing where you're going will help you endure through, through some of that uh, yeah. PL static, if you will. Uh, in the shorter period. Love it. Yeah, 100%. We're the same way. But uh, so um, give me a couple of things about, you know, what are some of the tactics from a marketing perspective? Are you currently doing versus maybe where, you know, your plans are taking you, what what you see over the next couple of years? What things are you doing well that you're investing in marketing wise? So, you know, not, not just word of mouth, but outside of that. And then what is kind of the roadmap or plan look like for you? Sure. I got to tell you, like I said, we're sort of in the midst of this transition from more of a ad hoc boutique growing into more of a professionally managed uh, larger company. But we have tried and failed a thousand times in different marketing <laughs> activities, whether it's the old fashioned blocking and tackling networking. You know, we've written lots of articles, been on videos. We do the traditional seminars. We've done copy and, and direct mail to our clients, hosted events and whatnot, where I'd really like to see more for our firm to grow. And it, it really, it's a little bit cheesy perhaps to say, but like relationships first is our slogan and it's our tagline, but that's the entire business. And you ask the largest law firms, they'll tell you about their relationships, the smallest firm about relationships. What I really like to do is invest deeper into it and say, look, how do we listen to our top 30, 40 people that we're in contact with? What can we really do to add value beyond just delivering them legal services? We know who they want to meet. We're so busy, but how do we take time out selectively, firmly, and proactively to make sure that they get a chance to transact and to meet and to go to market with one another? To me, that's that. not even close as to how to drive business. There's that. And then my my opinion is all else as far as marketing goes. But on top of that, you do need to build a brand and we're open-minded and we're trying to be strategic and we're looking into everything we can to build the brand to support that culture. And they say like brand is a lagging indicator of culture. If you have the right people, you build a brand, the brand will enhance the culture. So we think sort of like a flywheel, we do great work. We introduce a lot of our clients. We do anything to build a brand. All three of those things along the flywheel will reinforce each other along the way for, for healthy, sustainable growth. No, 100%. I love that. And um, and then, yeah, any other marketing thing you do, if you have those things in your you know, you're working with, you're helping your clients and you got that great culture and the brand, then those things will just be more effective. They'll be easier, you know, because again, from a marketing standpoint, let's just say I Googled for a firm like yours, but I didn't know who you were and I found you and that resonated through with me. And I saw the reviews and I just was like, man, this, this is the right word. I'm going to, I got to give them a call right away. So it just makes all that stuff easier, more stuff to, to market and, and social media, everything goes in tie with that. So totally agree with you. And I think, and this is something I'm always trying to work on with our firm and something I still need to work on is you mentioned it, we're busy. And that's the biggest thing. We're busy. So if you don't build this into your process, reaching out to your clients, actively trying to help them, it has to be tasked almost down to like, a real task of, hey, did you did we reach out to this client? Do we see if we have any other clients that maybe they can introduce them to? Do we have a referral sheet that anyone in the whole company can pull up and say, oh, hey, we don't do photography, but boom, I got you three photographers right here that we trust, and I'd be happy to pass on the referral to you. Or I have an attorney, or I have a tax accountant, or a CPA, whatever it may be, sure. proactively trying to help 
those clients that ask for things and you go, you know what, we actually have a person for that. Or, you know, let me reach out and see if I can give a referral to this client at 30 days since they've been a client. They always say you want to focus on what's important, not always what's urgent. You always need to put out the fires and there's always going to be fires and you need to put the clients, the clients all need to feel like you're, you're right there with them. You're sitting with them at the table, even if you're remote, but you do need <laughs> to focus on what's important. And it's so easy to just get distracted and every day focus on the fires and then six months passes and you didn't really do anything to build or grow the firm in a sustainable way. So yeah. important and urgent have to be balanced one against the other. hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's just, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm busy. I didn't get to that or whatever. And uh, you just forget those things. But I think if you can work them into the fabric of your business and how you operate and it just becomes just a normal thing. Definitely. And Definitely. Uh, you know, I always have, you always have good intentions, you know, and you want to help your clients, but yeah. it's these little extra things that you're like, oh yeah, I wish we did that, you know? And, and, and the th thing is if you do that, over the course of a year, two, three, four years, where now you've you have all these uh, promoters, if you will, these clients that are going to refer you no matter what every time because you've done such an amazing job. And it takes time to to set yeah. those things, I think. So just starting working into your process is probably for good. sure. Yeah. For sure, couldn't agree with you more. So, Aaron, other than your website, your website address is right here. I'm going to put that in the comments so people can go check out your firm. Nice looking website, by the way. Thank you. I like it. I got. I can make some comments probably. They can improve it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that another time. So yeah, in one take, uh, tune in, check out Aaron at his website here. What are some other ways that people turn it in now or in the future? This will be in the podcast, it'll be on the website. What are some other ways that people can connect with you personally or follow your company if they wanted sure. to? Find us uh, on LinkedIn or just email me, AYS at AYStrauss.com. Love to connect with anybody who's interested in growing law firms, managing law firms, business development, marketing, client relationships, anything I can do to add value. I'm happy to be on the phone with anybody. And Kevin, I want to thank you for taking the time to have me on. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, no, thank you. And sorry about the technical issues, but no big deal there. And I assume too, people reach out real estate. I, I'm slowly trying to get into some real estate investing and uh, always learning more about that. So lots to learn, but for sure. Yeah, definitely connect with Aaron uh, to check out this episode. And then more episodes go to this uh, raylaw.com forward slash podcast. Aaron's going to have his own page up there soon. This will also be on YouTube. Also stay tuned because this will be up on the podcast once it's edited. And then also Aaron will be making some really cool content out of this episode, which will be slicing and dicing. It'll be Facebook, Instagram stories, all over the place. We'll be posting and tagging you. Uh, so everyone listening, checking out, you know, you'll see Aaron feature quite a bit here in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to that. That's it. So ArrayLaw.com, if you need digital marketing, you want to grow your firm like Aaron, reach out to us, see how we can help. And if not, Aaron, you got anything else to add before we go? Nothing at this time. Kevin, you covered it all. And thanks again. It was terrific. Yeah, Aaron, thanks so much. Stay on with me. We'll talk for just a second. And then everyone else, we'll see you later. Have a good afternoon. Happy Monday. Thank you.